On 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Four Diego's here on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you on a balmy Wednesday night. <laughs> hey, thanks to Finding on another fantastic show, and of course, Zanners and Pults on a, a very uh, entertaining show just before the Diego's. And uh, Finding's back, uh, well, he's uh, there's footy tomorrow night, apparently, so. Um, Find his final siren on after the footy tomorrow night, not his uh, normal 7pm show. Vinny Venezuela, welcome to you. Good evening, Rodrigo. I'm going to de- dedicate everything I say tonight to the, the old lady, the Vecchia Signora. Mm. <laughs> oh, how is the Vecchia Signora? She's happy. She's dancing. <laughs> Rodrigo, she's dancing. Very good. And uh, Warren, good evening to you. You look all red. Yeah, yeah, no, I am. <laughs> Can I say, though... I did, um, I did grace the airways with Carlos this afternoon and actually talking to him twice in one day, let alone twice in a week, is a little bit too much for me. But um, look, a great night again. World domination is almost achieved. Oh, stop it. Hey, Carlos, welcome to you. How are you, Rodrigo? I didn't think I was actually going to be uh, introduced there for a while. I thought Warren was going to go on one of his rants. We haven't had a Warren rant for a while, have we? Or well, we haven't labelled that. We haven't no. found a sponsor for that segment. Yes, of course. Uh, and <laughs> Wonder I'm sure, why. I'm sure we're going to be listening to Liverpool's world dominance and their performance tonight against Australia's best, by the way. And completely uh, shellacked them 3 0, City FC. Good, uh, good point about the sponsors. Tonight's show is brought to you by Tax Talk, Best on Plumbing, and the Northern Football Academy at St. Monica's College in Epping, the great sponsors of the Diego's. Give us a call tonight on 942 911 or send us a text message on 0433 And even those guys aren't prepared to actually sponsor the Reds. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, look, we've got a big show for you tonight. We'll catch up with Mike McGrath a little bit later on. Uh, he, might be, uh, he might be getting ready for the Europa uh, Cup, of course. Uh, Where is that? It's Stockholm. Stockholm in Sweden oh, at the moment. So and, Abramovich uh, would really want to play if he could. We'll go through some FFA Cup scores as well. Um, and, of course, there was a big game in Sydney tonight. It's uh, four minutes past 11. I didn't want to trample all over that, but uh, a stirring, no matter how you hear it, uh, on the line tonight, uh, we're going deep into the uh, Liverpool uh, travelling party, <laughs> and it's uh, with an Australian and Liverpool legend, it's welcome to the Four Diego's to Greg Johnson. G'day Craig, and welcome to the show. G'day, how are you going? Yeah, very well. It's Rodrigo Rodriguez here, Vinny Venezuela's here as well, Carlos Alberto Diego and Warren is here. Hey, Craig, it's fantastic to have you uh, along here tonight. Tell us, before we get into a, a conversation with you, tell, tell us what it was like tonight. Wasn't good as Melbourne. Right, <laughs> right, right, only because nothing will ever, ever beat Melbourne. However, however, Sydney turned out and everybody loved it. The fact that we were there, sensational, and uh, a good, good rendition. And uh, everybody, again, you know me, Ralph. You've known me for a long, long time. <laughs> everybody loved the first half. 
right? So again, all, all credit to the lads. They got stuck in and we saw some beautiful stuff. Uh, Craig, it's Carlos. Uh, Ralph's our producer, but uh, not Carlos. But, uh, <laughs> mate, uh, obviously this is four years in a row that Liverpool have turned up. They get big crowds every time. It, they are only friendly games uh, ultimately, but they still get, you know, from 70,000 upwards uh, in these games. What is it, and I know you've been asked this a million times, and you may actually be the reason why they keep on coming in big numbers, but what do you think is this love affair between Australians and Liverpool? I, I think that Liverpool's not like any other football club in the world and like the Scousers aren't like any other people in the world and there's a cultural connection and uh, it's genuine and it's sincere and uh, you could see that tonight. There was just, once again, a lot of love in the room uh, and you know what? Surprisingly, I, I tell you what, if there was 70-odd thousand people there, I must have seen 500 Sydney jerseys, and we're in Sydney. <laughs> yeah. so kind of weird. So all, all the Sydney supporters must have been wearing a red shirt. Uh, but, but once again, uh, four years in a row, you know, when a club comes, they, they come because they know it's sincere and it's genuine. And again, I keep saying it's a very savvy football audience in, uh, in Australia, especially Sydney. I mean, S- Sydney ciders, anyway a little bit fickle with their sports, as you know. Absolutely, Craig. And, and I, I remember one of the uh, lasting memories for, for me from that MCG game a few years ago where they got 96,000 people. You and I think Ian Rush uh, did a bit of a lap of honour at half-time and you got a standing ovation. And I know it was a very emotional time for you. Every time you come back to Australia, uh, the love just seems to be you know, either constant or even increased. Uh, mate, it's great, but um, I mean, me, me, mean it's, it's anything Liverpool. It's not just me. I'm, and, and I've had a good time. I'll tell you why, and I've got a bit of a bonus for you, because I've just spent three or four glorious days with some Liverpool legends. Jason McAteer, right, who, who basically played my role on the right midfield and uh, filled it very, very wonderfully over, over the years after me, and Gary McAllister. And we're actually sitting on a bus going back into town, so, so a little bit of a bonus. Uh, how about I pass you on to the boys? <laughs> Seriously, here's Gary for you to start with. So ask him some questions. Welcome, Gary. How are you going? I'm um, not bad. How are you? Are you keeping well? Yeah, yeah very yeah. well. Very yeah. well. This is the Four Diego's live I've across. the Four Diego's. Good name, by <laughs> yeah. Well, Warren Diego wants to talk to you. Uh, Gary, can I say that um, I am a lifelong Liverpool f- supporter and had the opportunity to spend the week in... I spent 10 days in Liverpool, went to the Merseyside derby, and one of the things that struck me as an Australian was how inextricably linked the town is, the people of Liverpool are, to the football club. It's it's not fabricated, it's genuinely real, and you feel it wherever you go. Yeah. I, I wonder, coming to Australia, and I don't know whether this has been your first time, are you surprised by the level of connection that people like me, I suppose, as Australians, have to the footy club, not the same way as Scousers do with Liverpool, but actually remarkably close to that. No, but that's because you just touched on that. You wonder why the Australians love this club, you know, because I'm, I've, it's not my first time. I've been in Sydney a couple of times. I've been up Adelaide and Brisbane. And I think the thing that the Australian fans connect with is that sort of family feeling that the club creates. And the... The other thing is, and I think it's a respect that a lot of people all over the world, especially, and, and probably 
Australians love the sport. And I think they love the fact that Liverpool are a team who are renowned over the years to go right to the final whistle and never say die attitude and, and show hunger and desire. And I think that's what the Australians pick up on. I think that's one of the reasons why people connect with Liverpool. They're never beaten. Gary, uh, Vinny Venezuela here, also a fan of, of your career. You are long in the tooth, but in a good way. <laughs> what, 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 I, what I want to know, are, are there things that you do on the pitch that surprise you? Like, <laughs> when I do on the pitch now? Yeah. <laughs> I don't do a great deal on the pitch now, but when I played, no. I was always a big believer in myself and my own abilities. And the thing was, as you get older, you, get, you do get more wiser. And then, you know you've not got long left to play the game, you may as well go and try things that others might not try. So that was maybe what you're touching on there. <laughs> <laughs> now, Gary, uh, as far as... Uh, this is Carlos, by the way, Gary. Uh, uh, obviously, uh, Scots... Liverpool's almost a home away from home from many Scots over many generations. Some of the greatest uh, Scottish footballers in the history of the game over in Scotland have joined Liverpool. Alan Hansen, Kenny Dalglish, yourself, uh, many, many great players. What is it about Liverpool? What was that, sorry? Graham Souness. Graham Souness, absolutely. Uh, What is it about Liverpool that that makes uh, Scots feel so at home? Well, I would would sort of equate us to you guys as well. You know, we're... Generally, working-class people, you know, from Scotland. You know, I think you forgot a guy called Shankly. Is it Bill Shankly? Absolutely, yep. He, he does a little bit to do with the history of the club. And I think that's where it is, you know. And that was one of the big things that drove me, certainly, when I got to the club. I didn't want to let that Scottish connection down. You know, I wanted to actually be there and be a winner there. Can, can, I, can I just add something to that? <laughs> one, one, one of Bill Shankly's famous quotes, and, and you just asked him a question, what's the connection with the Scots? Uh, Shankly could have gone to Middlesbrough, which is in the second division, and, and Liverpool. And he, he chose to come to Liverpool. And one of the first things he ever said, he said, give me an army of Scousers and I will build you an army to beat the bloody world. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what Shankly said. And then he filled the, 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 the side, the backbone, with Scots. So, so that's, as, as I know, the question, and I'm just an Aussie, but I know that's a fact. <laughs> um, and Gary and Craig and you probably can answer this both. The other thing that struck me very much about my time in Liverpool recently was the respect that great players and the reverence that the club has towards the past champions. It struck me amazingly when I was walking into Anfield and Kenny Dalglish drove up in perhaps the biggest Mercedes-Benz I've ever seen and the little Scotsman got out of his car, out of the huge Mercedes-Benz, and almost instantaneously there were a 1,000 fans actually surrounded him wanting to get his autograph and wanting to be seen. Yeah. But even within the stand where I was standing, they had a legend come and speak to us. And there's a sense that there is very much a connection between the past and the present, obviously through you guys as well. But you see tonight McManaman played, Aga played, Stevie G, of course. But there, is there that real sense of connection and link between the past players yeah, and absolutely. the club? You know, no matter if you played one or like Kenny over three, four, five hundred games in the, in the likes of Steven Gerrard, as you mentioned there, it doesn't matter how many games, how many times you represented the, the club. As I touched on, you become part of the fabric of the club. And there's a great deal of respect, obviously, for the, the great players of the past who won things and, and sort of put Liverpool on the map. But I'd have to say something else. 
all those ex-players are all pushing for the club to continue to win. And I think that's the day that disappears for the club is the problem. And that expectation level was allowed, if it was allowed to disappear. And Ladza, once you retire from the club, from from your playing days, does that mean you stop hating Manchester United? <laughs> never. No, never. <laughs> Listen, we're about to go under the tunnel. Um, I'm going to hand you over to Jason McAtee here. So he's a proper scouser, so, and he's a funny man, so ask him to say something funny. <laughs> How are you, Jason? It's Carlos. How are you? It's great to have you on the 4 Diego's, mate. We're the, uh, what, the preeminent uh, football <laughs> show here in Australia. Yeah. Uh, Jason. There's only, there's yeah. only two of you. Yeah. 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 No, Jason, we do... We do similar work than what you do on Liverpool later most nights that I watch, okay? It's the same quality show except on radio. Well, I've just been listening to you for the last 10 minutes. It's not. Jeez. <laughs> well, you're you're say, tough. Now, Jason, uh, I'm not sure how many times you've come to Australia, mate, but uh, how have you found your time here? I know you've, you've been some, doing some great ambassador work for uh, for Liverpool TV, and I did see you running around on Bondi Beach the other day. Uh, I hope you uh, got the sunscreen on and the the, uh, the English uh, complexion's not burning up too much. <laughs> yeah, I certainly wasn't running on Bondi Beach, I know that. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I've been in. I've been to Australia three times and uh, twice Sydney. Now I, I love Sydney. I feel at home here. In fact, I've rung the missus and told her I'm not coming home. So <laughs> I'm going to stay here. Um, yeah, I, I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, the people, lots of Irish here as well to make me feel at home. Um, the weather, the food, the company. Um, it, it, they love the sport here as well in Sydney, and obviously. There's loads of Liverpool fans. So, yeah, I, I feel totally at home in Sydney. I, I love it. I love the place. Jason, I'm, I'm wondering how much, how enjoyable it must be for you to work in the media component of the footy club now and, and do the stuff that you do and immerse yourself in the club after your career. It must be, you must almost pinch yourself sometimes in terms of this is what you're doing for a job after a, a really great career and being able to stay connected with the footy club the way you are. Yeah, it's it's brilliant to stay involved. It's it's an absolute honour to be um, to be asked to come away and and sort of mingle with the fans. But also for me, as I'm a Liverpool fan, I always have been. I grew up a Liverpool fan, and uh, I was a Liverpool fan when I was playing, and uh, which did get in the way a few times. But um, certainly after I finished playing, I carried on being. I found it very difficult when I left the football club um, because I loved it so much. I never wanted to leave, but you know circumstances dictate that. And, Unfortunately, the ball wasn't in my court. But, you know, I, I grew the love for the club again as I got older. Um, I go and watch now as a fan as well. But I'm also lucky enough to go in the capacity of a, an ambassador. But what I'm trying to get at is I, I get to work with some of my heroes that I grew up with. And, you know, Craig, you know, he, he spoke about spending, you know, four days with me there. I've, I've been in awe for the last four days working with Craig. You know, he was he was a player who inspired me, along with the likes of Kenny Daglish and Ian Rush. John Barnes, you know, and, and I'm just grateful to call these these people. I know they're legends, but I can call them a friend now, and it, and it kind of like it's just a great honour to be alongside them and listen to the stories. I mean, to listen to, to Craig Johnson talk about winning European cups and leagues, and it's just it's just like you know, it's a dream come true for me. Jason, be steady. Craig can't handle that much stuff. <laughs> His head will blow up. And and Jason, you say that, and I've barracked for Liverpool all my life, and it comes from. Jan Mulby's pass to Craig Johnson in that FA Cup was really my starting point. I'm going to ask you a question about 
the future of the footy club now that they've finished top four. They've got to get you a better studio outside of Anfield for your um, game day broadcast, I do have to say, having seen it. The shipping container needs to be... Yeah, but where do you see the club, the potential for the club now that they've finished top four? There's, there's talk of how significant this Champions League spot was in terms of where the club could go and, and going to, the, to challenge. The, the thing that I feel is that Klopp is such a good manager for the footy club. He gets the vibe of the city and the club and the town, but obviously it's got to be performance-driven. Where do you see the club being able to go in terms of Champions League next year in terms of making that incremental challenge to hopefully get that fateful title that we're all seeking? Basically, don't use words like incremental because I haven't got a clue what they mean. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I think first of all, you, you touched on it there. I think it was very important we, we got the right manager uh, after the previous manager. And, you know, we, we acted quickly in, uh, in securing Jürgen Klopp coming to the football club because I'm sure he could have gone to a lot of other football clubs around the world. So, you know, to nail him down and get into the football club was the starting point. He's done a fantastic job at, at Dortmund. Um, and, you know, without, without being disrespectful to Liverpool, we're, we're not Manchester United or, or Chelsea uh, or Manchester City at the moment. We have taken a couple of steps backwards. So it's important we get, we get back to the level of success that we've had in previous years. And I think that's down, firstly, to the manager, um, the club behind the scenes is, is running like clockwork, so that's being taken care of. But you get someone like Jurgen Klopp in who's full of charisma. He knows how to, to run a football club. He knows how to put a team together. He's got tremendous staff as well. Um, losing Steven Gerrard was obviously a big thing, um, but he, he's got a team that all play for each other. Champions League football at the beginning of the season was, was the priority. He's reached that. That now puts you in a different position. Come, come the summer when the transfer window opens, you can, you can go for a different calibre of player. You can attract them to the football club. Um, and, you know, you just look at what we've achieved in the light of the finances, the likes of what United can do, Chelsea, Arsenal, um, Tottenham now as well. You know, you, you're up against it when it comes to finances. And, um, yeah, we're definitely moving in the right direction. Champions League football, like I said, was the big aim at the beginning of the Jason, uh, Vinny, Vinny Venezuela here. I've just got a question. Given that uh, the Liverpool family certainly is a family, um, Harry Kuhl, obviously one of Australia's great players and also yeah. played with Liverpool. He's just scored a job there with Crawley Town. What advice would you give him? It's sort of his first senior job. As a player, as someone who's been on the inside, what tip would you give someone becoming a manager? Well, first of all, like doing, doing the premier job with John Barnes, um, it is a very difficult job. So in the lower league, you're dealing with a different, a different animal, as it were, a different caliber of player. Um, he's got to be patient. Um, he he can't get frustrated. He's got to stay patient with his players and and his philosophy. Unfortunately, these days you, you don't get many games to lose. Yeah, you lose six or seven, and your job's on the line. So it's important that he stays patient. Um, he sticks to his philosophy. And he, he just tries to get the best out of the, the squad he's got. You know, expectations of chairmen are very, very high. He has to meet that. Um, but I'm sure Harry's very capable of doing it. He was, you know, he was at Wofford. Like I said, he was, he'd be dealing with a different calibre of, of player at Wofford as well. So it is going to be difficult for him. But I've got faith in Harry. I'm sure he can, he can do a good job there. And we'll have to see where it takes him. Well, Jason, it's been a real treat for us this evening. I mean, I mostly know that, for me. I know. Is, is, I know John, that... is John Toshak and Kevin Keegan there, <laughs> Jason? 
maybe <laughs> Sammy Lee or you know Jimmy Case. Is he there? <laughs> we can have a chat too. Yeah, right there, it's Sammy Lee. I like. <laughs> <laughs> Evelyn Hughes. Is he there? Ray Clements. <laughs> Sammy Lee. <laughs> Fantastic. Hey, um, wonderful stuff, guys. We really appreciate that. Craig, mate, thank you for that. That was a real treat for us. And Warren here, he, uh, he's, he's just... hes It's more of it. More he's cock-a-hoop. Not only can I say I've been there this year, I can say that I've talked to these guys. It's, it's Nirvana for me. Absolute Nirvana. There you go. Me, me too. Me too. I've uh, enjoyed tremendously catching up on all the... Uh, the stories and, uh, you know, good stuff, mate. It's not not what you want, it's who you want it with and uh, how you want it. And uh, that's part of what, what Liverpool's all about. Well, Craig, mate, you're our legend and we really appreciate all, all of your time tonight and uh, thanks for that. That was a real treat and we hope to talk to you again very, very soon. Enjoy the rest of your trip here. Fa- fabulous. Checks in the post. <laughs> Thank you very much. This is Craig Johnston. Gary McAllister and Jason Maggots here, Liverpool legends right here on the Four Diegos. Let's take a break now. Liverpool defeated Sydney FC 3-0 tonight. Sturridge, Firmino and Moreno scored. Um, Big night there in Sydney. Let's take a break and come back with more of the Four Diegos on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. On 1116 SEN, the Four Diegos. Thanks for your company here on a Wednesday night, or as uh, Warren said, a balmy Wednesday night uh, here well, in I'm Melbourne. Well, I'm warm now, I tell you, after that little segment. Just you're, very you're so oh, happy, aren't you? I've got to say. I tell you, you can't, you can't bottle it for me. And there'd I'm, be a snap I'm, in your shorts, Warren. Yeah, I know it's self-indulgent, but that is just something that I wouldn't expect to ever yeah. have the opportunity to do. Peter in Cheltenham uh, feels a bit like you. Music to my ears. Uh, great listening, Diego's. Thank you. No, thank you, Peter <laughs> yes. in Cheltenham. And, and thanks, and Craig and others Jason. as well. Chris, thanks Gary. for that. Um, loves Liverpool, of course. And uh, Craig from Reservoir. Yep. Um, you know, was talking about uh, the game tonight and, and the coverage uh, of the ABC, which we'll talk about in a minute. Mm. Thanks for that. Hashtag... They needed the Diegos. <laughs> hey, there you go. Um, uh, but just show. But it does just show also. And you know, I think even in Australia, sometimes you know, our listeners might say, "Why don't we get more Melbourne City players? Why don't we get more Melbourne Victory players? Why don't we get more Socceroos?" Well, we do request. Hmm. We do request players. Not so much at our, our late night shows, but you know, when we have earlier shows, and uh, it's not always easy to get players. And uh, when you get He's talking to Craig Johnston. Suddenly, he passes the phone on to... You know, Gary you know, McAllister. And by the way, we cut that interview short. We, it's not like they wanted to go. <laughs> That's right. Um, you know, some of these players are just legends, and they're just willing to share that with us. And that was... Uh, so it was a special moment How for many us. people did you say would turn up to the Melbourne Victory Liverpool game when it happened? I think you said 50,000, maybe? Oh, geez, you let it go. That was the only mistake I ever made <laughs> in my football commentary. Live on air. Yeah. By the way, there's probably some Manchester United uh, supporters who have texted in yeah. who weren't overly happy about that interview that yeah. we just did. But, uh, yeah. Hey, we've got some callers, but uh, FFA Cup games yes. tonight, and there was... Some crackers! The magic of the yeah. cup, and that's, yeah. you know, that's the hashtag that's going on. South Melbourne were 1-4 down with seven minutes to go against Dandy Knight tonight. They didn't, did they? They yes, didn't. they did. What? In the last 30, Lujic scored yeah. a, a hat-trick. They won that game <laughs> 5-4 at Lakeside Stadium tonight. What an, an That would have been scene. great to be at. Yeah, but it, it wasn't Barcelona-like, according to some South supporters on Twitter. <laughs> they, they walked away enjoying the win, but hating their team. <laughs> 
Twitter. It would have been unbelievable yeah, to be there yeah. with, a, you know, 10 minutes or 13 minutes to go, including um, yeah. time added on. To have um, to have four goals like that scored yeah. and a hat trick uh, would have been amazing. Heidelberg uh, defeated Northcote City two nil as well, and last night um, Hume City defeated Moreland City four nil, and Bentley Greens defeated Green Gully three uh, two. I'm ignorant in general, but particularly ignorant of this stage of the FFA Cup. Well, these how these far clubs... have they got to go to make? to get into the time when they'll most likely no, be playing. The, the next is around the 32, and uh, I believe that's when the... Do the A-League clubs come in at that stage? Uh, maybe not, but uh, but certainly very, very soon. Maybe the round of 16, the FA Cup, uh, the A-League clubs come in. and um, and But it's... These clubs, I've been to a couple of the NPL clubs in the last couple of weeks just watching games, and they all are so desperate to get deep into this FFA Cup. They know that they're suddenly on a national stage, if they can, and uh, South Melbourne's so important for them, and Heidelberg also. So two of the big guns are in the next stage, and uh, hopefully they'll go a bit deeper. It's fantastic. Uh, John in Greensboro was at that game tonight, and he's called us on nine four two nine eleven sixteen. G'day, John, and welcome to the Diego's. Yeah, thank you, boys. Really, really enjoyed that interview uh, with the, the Liverpool boys. So did we, mate. It was awesome. Yeah, look, yeah, I was at the game tonight, fellas, and uh, it, it looked pretty... Uh, it was a pretty ordinary game, to be, to be honest with you, um, specifically from South Point point of view. But uh, it all happened pretty quickly, I tell you. Um, and it was uh, yeah, pretty dramatic, pretty excited crowd afterwards. But I, I just I just wonder why. I mean, when they went down four one, you saw the intensity lift, and I just and I just thought to myself, why live it so late? And and and. And they did have a guy sent off, so they ended up being with ten men for the last I don't know for the last fifteen minutes. But it was it was pretty dramatic, yeah, very very exciting. Uh, but I tell you what, they left it till very very late. <laughs> Certainly uh, did. John Vinnie here. I just want to know: were the goals scrappy, the comeback goals, or was there some some you know something from downtown? Was there something for everyone? Look, they weren't fantastic. All the goals throughout the game, they weren't fantastic. I mean, there were two penalties at the end, uh, deserved penalties by by, um, by South. I mean, they were. I think one was a handball and the other one was was brought down. But no, look, they were all pretty ordinary goals. They played. Look, I think the long ball has come back into the game a fair bit, but I think they overdid it South uh, with the long ball. I mean, one of the reasons they are one of the top clubs is because they've got a better squad than a lot of the others. You know, pretty good midfield squad, and they just didn't use their midfield. They didn't possess the ball, and all I saw was, you know, long balls from defence, and you know, always to a 50-50 situation. There was no patience showed, and they were basically they, they played a very very similar game. And uh, well, you know, but John, talk- just just really jump, jumping in there, mate. Uh, I know there's a lot of things you can probably criticise, and a lot of people off social media are, are criticising South's performance tonight, but uh, you cannot deny 4-1 down with 10 minutes to go or 13 minutes to go, and uh, they've got big hearts, that team, uh, and that squad of players, and obviously Chris Taylor knows that there's an ingredient there that even if they're not playing well, they can uh, pull something out of the fire like that, so you've got to be happy with that, and uh, that's what you'll need going deep into this competition against the A-League sides. You're not going to necessarily outplay those teams, but you need the big heart, and that's what they showed tonight. Thanks for your call there, John. Really appreciate that. Um, 
So tonight, there was a, a game, obviously, in Sydney. 3-0, uh, Liverpool defeated uh, Sydney FC. 72,892 people. Great turnout. Uh, the rendition of You Never Walk Alone was stirring, apparently. Um, you've got to be there, really, to yep. fully get it. Um, the coverage tonight, uh, yeah. Carlos, was... <laughs> and boys? No, no. There, there is an unwritten rule that you don't necessarily have a crack at People in the industry. Oh gosh, no! Because, now, because but we're not really media. For the grace of God, go yeah, we. But we're, we're not, we're not we're really, really media. So <laughs> we, we don't. We're, we're not subject to that unwritten rule. So let me just say this: it was if, crap. If the FFA, <laughs> if the FFA, give the ABC the free to air football rights next year, I'll spew up. <laughs> Good on you, Terry. Right. Not so much the call. Uh, you know, I, I, I live with they the They were call. the radio callers yeah, from the I, I ABC, the call, so they're okay. You know, uh, Wadey and uh, Paul Wade and uh, I think Ned, Ned Hall, Ned they, Hall they, yes. they did a reasonable job. But the pre-match halftime and post-game was a total disgrace. It was an embarrassment, disrespectful. They, they didn't have football people doing it, number one. I don't, I don't know the people that were doing it, so I don't even blame them. I blame the ABC management that felt that they can put people who don't know anything about the game as their... Uh, to tell us and analyse the game, I mean, it was it was ridiculous their analysis. It was outrageous uh, their um, their disrespect for the game in that they were looking for what they thought was humour uh, when people were looking for proper analysis. Uh, it was the worst piece of football, um, wow. you know, preview, review, whatever you want to call it, on match day that I've ever seen ever. It, it was right it now was worse than our FFA Cup night yeah, back at the old. We've had some bad nights. Yeah, ourselves. we have, we have, <laughs> and we've learned from them. Yeah, like the hard yeah. way, the but hard way. Our worst nights. We're not televised. Well, like Martin Tyler's performance compared to what I saw tonight. I, I, I saw a tweet there from Lissandra Gonzalez who yes. said that um, they made us look professional. Yeah, I know. Well, look, I, which is hard. No, I, don't hard need, but I, I usually leave that alone. But tonight was uh, a show of dis- disrespect by the ABC. And, um, and for me, uh, that's enough. If the FFA are considering the ABC at all as uh, partners to broadcast our game and they think that that is a good way of, of portraying our game, um, by way of pre-match, half-time, post-match. Well, they, they don't understand the game. They don't understand what people who love football want from their coverage. And uh, it was outrageous tonight and a disgrace. We've got uh, a couple of calls on this very topic. G'day, Tom from Greenvale. How are you doing? Good evening, Diego. How are we? Yeah, very well. You, you want to talk about this particular yeah. topic? Yeah, well, firstly, guys, a great show. And I love the uh, Liverpool segment, being a Liverpool fan. Thank great. you very much. Thank, thank you. Um, yeah, look, tonight, uh, you, you guys are the four Diegos, and tonight we saw on the ABC the four Drongos <laughs> that have been pulled out from a bus stop outside the stadium, and they disrespect our games, and they were absolutely... I want to claim my money back for my taxes that I'm paying this year because it goes to the ABC, and I am not not happy with what I saw tonight. That is disgusting, and to try to pass that off to us football lovers, they should be disgraced, and uh, they should be actually strung up on, by their ankles outside uh, that stadium tonight. Thanks, Tom. No, not, not that, we, not that no. we would ever promote any violence here, but what concerns <laughs> me, there are people, highly paid managers at the ABC, who thought that that would be a good way of covering this game. Sometimes the hosts do get hung out to dry, too. I, no, I, I, to tell you, I don't blame the, the people who are hosting yeah. because they were given the job by mm. someone who felt that that was the right way to go. Yeah. And uh, so I'm blaming the ABC management. Yeah. But the uh, half-time kid, seriously, he's, he's, 
he's yeah, but that's someone's giving that guy a job. He's doing work experience, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, no, but he's, Vinny, someone's he's given, a year ten from somewhere. Yeah, but someone's made a decision high up at the ABC. It wasn't a photocopy guy. Surely it wasn't it's a receptionist. Not... It was someone at high who felt that that was a great way. Uh, or a funny way, or an entertaining way, or an informative way of portraying our game, and it's a disgrace. I, like I said, I've seen some bad performances in media. We, we've 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 been yeah, we've party been, to it. We've been front and center of bad performances. <laughs> I've got no problem about that. But at least we you know, we acknowledge it, and, and we're a football show because we've lived football, right? And we we know a little bit about football. Not not a great deal sometimes, but we know a bit about football. Uh, you town, your town hall meetings are yeah, pretty I've, good. I've learned a lot from my town hall meetings. You but, have? Uh, but really, that for me, portraying it the way they did tonight, uh, it's just unforgivable, really. Hey, let's uh, go to... Thanks for your call, Tom. Let's go to Scott in Craigieburn. Again, wants to talk about this. G'day, Scott. Evening, amigos. How are we? Yeah, Very good. Well. That first 20 minutes was probably the best 20 minutes in SEN radio history. <laughs> as a Liverpool supporter, it was, I could replay that tomorrow about 20 times. I thought these guys were brilliant and so were they. <laughs> Thank you. Um, wow. Tonight's coverage, them four gooses that were on, right, they were about as useful as a fly screen door on a bloody submarine, mate. They were absolutely... Uh, embarrassing's not the word. They, they've made an embarrassment of our game all over Australia. That's what they think of our game, mate. Yeah, Scott, I I, I want to reiterate, I don't blame the people who are on air tonight because someone's given them a job and a task to do. So whoever's made that decision and felt that they were were credentialed enough to be able to host a half-time or a pre-game or post-game, uh, a game like Liverpool and Sydney, Australian champions versus uh, you know a, a behemoth in world football in Liverpool, and they felt that those people were credentialed enough to do it. I think there's something desperately wrong in that sports department there at ABC. There were two people on that who were well-credentialed television yeah. performers. The concept was wrong tonight. Yeah, the concept was wrong for what it was. So. Mate, Scott, thanks for your call. We really appreciate it. We do have to move on, unfortunately, but uh, really appreciate your thoughts as always. Let's take a break now and come back with more of the Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. On 1116 SEN, the four Diego's. Thanks for your company tonight here on the Diego's. Uh, it's been a big show so far. We've had uh, Craig Johnston. The biggest. Gary McAllister. Jason McAteer. The biggest. On the show. Palais. We've, Maradona. <laughs> we've talked about uh, the ABC coverage of the Liverpool versus Sydney FC game. We're 72... 1,892 people turned up, uh, and the, the coverage, of course, uh, it's been a big show, a few calls, but now we're going to Stockholm, Sweden. To our biggest guest. To our biggest guest, Mike Star. McGrath from The Sun in the UK. G'day, Mike, and welcome to the show. Hi, guys. That's a big billing you've given me. <laughs> hey, how about that? What a show so far. But uh, no, you've come on, you've come on at a, uh, on a good show, so when the podcast gets put up, you will always be associated with the Four Diego's. Um, <laughs> Hey, Mike, you're in Stockholm, of course. Uh, Manchester United take on Ajax Amsterdam for the uh, Europa Cup, if you like. Uh, looking forward to that. But, but first, on a, on a more serious note, obviously with what happened uh, in Manchester a couple of days ago um, after the concert with the terrorist attack and um, the, just the horrific loss of life and the injuries, do you get a sense that this will affect the players at Manchester United? Well, I mean, that's one thing that that we don't know at the moment. Um, we don't know if they're, you know, Manchester's the kind of place where you probably know somebody who knows somebody who was at that concert. It's a, it's a tight-knit community. 
Um, so we don't know how it's going to how it will affect the players. And obviously, the daily journalists and broadcasters didn't have a chance to uh, to ask that question either because uh, United um, called off their pre-match press conference in the in the aftermath of, of what happened. Um, so I think ultimately the, the answer will be on the pitch tonight, whether it has a negative effect and on, on that squad or whether it will be a galvanising effect and then. Uh, the, the the players saying, look, we, we, we're going to we're going to play for the people of Manchester here. Mike, it's Carlos. Uh, it just seems to me it's one of those games where there's so much, um, you know, pressure on Manchester United. I mean, they haven't made the top four in the league, so they've got to go. If they have any pl- chance of playing Champions League next year, they have to win tonight, uh, your time, and um, and you know, obviously. Maybe I'm not sure whether Jose would have fronted up to a press conference before the game anyway, uh, but he hasn't had to. Do you, do you feel that the that the pressure on United might be so overwhelming that maybe Ajax, the underdogs, might uh, you know create a bit of a shock in this one? Well, I, I certainly agree that there's been a huge amount of pressure um, on Mourinho and on this on this one game. You know, not least because of what he's done in terms of resting players ahead of this game when they knew that they'd be finishing um, fifth in the league rather than in the top four. So I I really think it defines their season really between success and failure regardless of the EFL Cup in in February. I really think that it could be a defining moment in Mourinho's career as well win it and they're in the Champions League, lose it, and I think there might be a few questions asked about some of the things that he's um, done this season in terms of his team and, and in terms of how he's treated his players. Um, and on the flip side, what you said about Ajax, I, I went over there last Thursday um, to speak to some of the players and the and the people at the club, and they, there's a, definitely a mood of no fear um, there's definitely a mood that they can spring an upset and there's some excellent young players. It might be a bit too young, a bit too soon for them, but they have some real talent um, in that squad. Mike, uh, Vinny here. I guess the victory for United means that uh, Jose can sort of reclaim the title of the special one because it has been a few sort of low-down years. But uh, do we know if uh, the caterers are at Zlatan Ibrahimovic's house and um, for the post-match party, should they win? <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, the 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 the, uh, the news beforehand is that he would travel over, so we're still hoping for that. And obviously, um, he knows Stockholm better than most, so it'll be um, it'll be a hell of a uh, celebration um, if Ibra manages to get his hands on the trophy. Mike, I'm just um, looking at some of the wash up from the end of the season where everything really went the way you expected it to be after Liverpool not scoring until the 45th minute. They got over Middlesbrough and, and claimed that fourth position. I was interested in Arsene Wenger coming out and admitting that, um, you know, uncertainty about him and him being the manager, he believed affected Arsenal in the way that they played at some stages during the season. And I, I felt that he was almost admitting that he'd contributed to that because of his unwillingness or inability to commit or whether there was an offer or whatever. What's the wash-up in general sense from Arsenal fans and your sense around the missing Champions League for the first time 
And how how cap- culpable is Arsene Wenger in that? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. Of, there is an anti-Wenger brigade, um, and obviously this is another stick to beat Wenger with. I think it was brutal honesty from Wenger, but it was realism as well. I do. I think history will show as well if you have a if you have a, a manager that you that you know is going to go, um, it, it affects. It normally affects the results negatively, and I think the uncertainty that he could or he couldn't, he might not go, certainly affected how the players were playing. I thought it was one of the most shocking moments of the season was when Theo Walcott scored a goal against, um, I think it was against Manchester United, and, and there was barely any celebration in the in the Arsenal uh, among the Arsenal players. I thought that was worse than any red card or anything that I've seen during the season is a really shocking moment that and it showed that something wasn't right um, and and while Wenger's future I mean it still is technically uncertain although we think we know what's going to happen um, you know I, I think that played a big part in it Mike uh, Sam Allardyce uh, resigned uh, from the Crystal Palace role uh, you know a day after uh, they uh, you know basically uh, survived uh, in the Premier League. Did such a wonderful job in the second half of the year when he took over, when they, it, was, it looked like a club was going to be going and getting relegated. Um, he looked very exhausted and, and tired on his announcement. Did, do you think that that's the end for him now? Yeah, I mean, they talk about retirement now. I, I don't know because, you know, he... he I spoke to Sam um, at pre-match just before they survived, actually, before the whole game, and he his attitude was that he he actually needed this job to um, kind of make him forget about the England saga and and losing the biggest job in the world. And I just I just got the feeling from that that he's a guy that would rather be in the dugout than um, with the you know on the golf course. And, and and people like Big Sam kind of get drawn back. I think I I. I be surprised if it was if it was the end for him, um, but obviously that, that that's been the talk in the last twenty four hours. Hey, Mike. Uh, as always, um, thanks for your time. Are you staying there for the weekend? Um, I'd love to because no, the... it's an FA Cup final. Oh, okay, of course, of course, of course, there is. Uh, but uh, one of our text messages has said there's a, a great uh, trot meet uh, there. Oh um, yes, it is at the moment, yes. and uh, the elite lopet. But yeah, anyway, yes, very good, um, Mike. Enjoy the game, uh, Manchester United and AX, and thanks for your time, as always, on the Diego's. Okay, future soon. There's Mike McGrath. Hey, what a big show it's been. Um, Biggest. Massive show. Thanks to um, Craig Johnson, Gary McAllister, Jason McAtee, Mike McGrath, your calls and all. So remember, Carlos. Where have Puerto Rican girls hang out? We'll be there. Where have you, Samba, Rumba and La Bamba? We'll be there. Where there are girls with fruit on their head and balls at their feet? We'll be there. Wherever the gringos play football? We'll be there. We are the Four Diego. Olé! What's your favourite possession?